0: Well, good morning, and welcome to Journey, and welcome to 2018 as well. Uh, Can we pull the house lights up just a little bit there? Um, It is great to see each of you out today. Uh, My wife and I got a chance to get away uh, over the holidays, as many of you did, kind of visit with some family, and um, we tried to go south for some warm weather. It just didn't work very well. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere to go right now to find it, Uh, but here we are back uh, today, and uh, we're in... The, the new year, and I don't know about you, but I already messed up a time or two writing out the date. Uh, have you done that? 2017? Like, ah, oh, man, it's so hard to remember. I just got used to the, the, the 17, now it's an 18, so I've messed up a little bit. And I started thinking about what does this, what does this year look like? You know, what is, what's going to happen this year? And, and I bet there are some of you today who are here who are real planners. And I, I'm just curious, if you're a planner, we, re, we just uh, raise your hand, like I'm a great planner. Yeah, there's a few of you guys, but most of you are probably like me. We kind of fly with the seat of our pants, you know, uh, kind of whatever happens there. Uh, but some of you are planners, and you already get the year planned out. I mean, you know what you're going to do on spring break. You know where you're going for summer vacation. You got fall break probably planned out. You've got all these things. You got your money. You got your, you know, everything you're going to do. I, I love people like that. I'm just not one of those kind of person. Some of you also maybe you look forward to this year and you say, I've got a bucket list item. I've got something this year I've been wanting to do a long time, and I'm going to do it this year. For some of you, maybe it's a, a marathon or a half marathon. Uh, you know, if that's what you got on your mind, you're going to do some planning for that probably and some training. Some of you maybe you are going to start a degree or you're going to finish a degree. Some of you are thinking about a new job that you might want to get or uh, maybe a job to start number one job. Uh, maybe that's your goal. Maybe you're going to graduate. Whoever, who knows what it is. But um, like Brandon said, we've got a new year that lies ahead of us. It's a blank slate. You know, you've got, you got 12 months, uh, 12 pages you can fill with life. And we ought to do something with this year so that we don't get to the end of the year and say, man, that was just another year uh, because they fly by really, really quickly. But many of us, uh, we've, we've got all these goals, maybe you've got personal goals or professional goals for 2018, but I want to suggest that probably most of us here have never thought about having a spiritual growth plan. We've never really thought about, what am I going to do spiritually this year? And to be honest with you, the church, we've never really sat down and said at the beginning of the year, hey, we're going to give you some suggestions about what to do this year, and how to grow your spiritual faith, how to take that next step, and certainly Brandon introduced a couple of ideas there uh, that, that are interesting about uh, stretching forth and what the new year might look like for us, and, uh, and so we want to kind of today take some time uh, to do that. We're going to be a little bit different than normal service, but we're going to offer some opportunities for you today to some challenges to say, hey, this is what I would like to do. I'm going to take this step in my life. I'm going to make a commitment to God, and by His grace and will, I'm going to fulfill that and we're going to try to help you walk through some of that today. You know, several years ago our staff and our elders read a book entitled Move and it was a really interesting book. It's not the kind of book you're going to sit down and just pick up and go I think I'll read this book. It's, it's one of those that we kind of assigned ourselves to read together and it was a book that talked about what it takes to move on the spiritual journey and the concept isn't new. In fact, that idea is all the way through the Bible about that we need to move ahead on our, our walk and, and it's not that new a concept. But the book contains a lot of data that tells us what makes people move on their journey. And this is one of those books that we read together and we discussed it, but unlike most books we read together, we keep coming back to it. We come and keep coming back to the book. And, and when new staff or new elders come on, we, we give them the book to read as well, because it's got a, a lot of impact, a lot of information, a lot of challenging things, because so many times in the church... While we might plan to do things and move in our career and our family and make choices and decisions, we don't decide to do a lot of things in the context of our spiritual life. And so we need to understand that we're to be moving there as well. It was kind of the book was the inspiration for our mission statement, which is moving people on a simple journey toward Jesus. And indirectly, the book was kind of a precursor to our name change to Journey Church, because we begin to think if we're supposed to be going somewhere Maybe it would be a good idea for our mission statement to reflect that. If we're supposed to be growing spiritually, maybe it might even be a good thing for our church name to reflect that as well. So for several years, we kind of let that mull around in our mind. It's a really interesting book because it's based on thousands of surveys of people just like you and I, people who are Christians who maybe haven't grown a lot in their life or maybe they have. And what was it that made them grow? What what made them take the next step of faith? What gave them the courage to do something different in their life than they had done maybe for all of their previous spiritual lives? And it also tracked hundreds of churches as well that they continue to track to kind of give them an idea of what can the church do to help out uh, and help people move. Let me say this. Uh, we believe that God's going to do some incredible things, just like Brandon said this morning in our church this year. And we are a church, we're a Bible-based church. We believe every Bible-based church probably has A pretty similar mission uh, and that goal is to bring people to Jesus based on the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 where Jesus said go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you so we take that to be like the Commission the Great Commission the last thing that Jesus said or that's recorded he said when he's about to go into heaven and Jesus said, I want you to go and I want you to take all these things that I've told you and tell them to other people. And I want you to baptize them into the name of Jesus. And then after that, I want you to teach them and I want you to help them to to grow and grasp more and mature in their faith and be what the Bible calls a disciple, which is just a follower of Jesus, a disciple who in turn makes other disciples as well. And so from that basic command in the Bible we have developed our mission, which is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus, and our vision about how we want to accomplish that mission, uh, That mission, our vision, we kind of word it like this, teaching them to love God, love people, and become a disciple who makes disciples. Now, we would love for you to, to kind of grasp that concept, and we would love for you to understand that this is what we want for you as well. We want you to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but then we want you to grow in that and to the point that you feel comfortable in helping other people grow as well. Why? Because we know that the way the church multiplies is when people grow and they, in turn, share their faith with others. They kind of encourage them and teach them in different settings, and then those people develop the same and continue on. It's how the church stays alive down through the generations. Now, we also know that this process is transformational. In other words, it's not something that we can do. We're not going to set a course for you of, you know, here you begin here, and you have to do all these things, and we get to the end, you're going to be a finished product like an assembly line. We're not going to do that because we know it doesn't work like that. What happens is God transforms us on the inside through His Holy Spirit, I mean, even if we were perfectly organized, which we're not, even if we were totally intentional in everything we do, which we don't always do that, even if we had it down perfectly, there's no guarantee that people would grow like God wants them to. The guarantee is through the Holy Spirit that we open our lives up to. It's when we say yes to the Spirit, and we say, God, do what you want in my life, and then God does some incredible things through the power of His Holy Spirit, and our hearts change, our hearts grow. (coughs) Probably a few weeks ago, at some point, you were exposed to a movie uh, around Christmas called uh, The Grinch. Probably saw that, the old one or the new one, one or the other. But in that, uh, in that version of The Grinch, uh, especially the older one, the narrator introduces The Grinch, and he says about The Grinch that he is mean, and the reason is because his heart is what? Two sizes too small, right? You probably remember that. And it has a little x-ray machine. He steps behind, and he has a little bitty heart for a big body. And then, you know, after a while through the movie when he's done a lot of mean things to all the people of Whoville and especially Cindy Lou Who, uh, all of a sudden, he has a life-changing experience. And then he walks behind the x-ray machine on Christmas Day, and his heart has grown three times big. So he has a a big heart now, and it's totally transformed his life. You know, if we had that machine, then periodically we could parade people through it, and we could say, well, how are they growing? Well, their heart started here. Now their heart's here, so we can mark some increase, you know? That would be kind of uh, mechanical and kind of weird. And we don't have that machine, right? But we want people to grow in their walk with God, and their relationship with God. And, uh, and we oftentimes don't have a way to measure spiritual growth. You know, how do, we, how do we know personally, am I growing? How do we know as a church, are we providing an atmosphere, an environment where people can grow in their faith? Because by the way, case you didn't know or realize that 82% of you, your number one requirement or request of the church you go to is that you want the church to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. That's what we're looking for, all of us. That's why we come to church on Sunday morning. That's why we make commitments and sacrifices, because we want to grow. Now, for years, I think we've kind of assumed that if people would just come to church, and if they would just participate in church activities then they would grow automatically. You know, I think we believed that for a long time. And so we've killed ourselves trying to create a lot of activities, a lot of things to get people to come to and just to show up. And and, and we know that's true because we track important things like attendance, like how many people came. We have an event. We judge it on was it successful, how many people were there. Is the church growing? We count people, you know. And so if, if people show up, surely it must make a difference. But unfortunately, it doesn't always happen like that. It doesn't always happen in, in change. And one of the things the book kind of shows us, the book Move I mentioned, it reveals some interesting things about spiritual growth, some things that are, are kind of fascinating to think about it. First of all, one thing it reveals is that we really can measure spiritual growth, that we really can. It, we can do that, and we really should do that at times, not only in our own lives, you know, I think the first of the year is a great time to stop and say, how am I doing spiritually? If this is the priority to me, you know, am I any further along this year than I was a year ago? Have I slipped from where I was a year ago to, to the place where I am today? That's a great thing. But also as a church, if we want to make sure that we're successful in helping you guys because this is a big deal. It's important to you. It's important to God. It's important to us. Here's the second thing we discovered. <clears throat> is that church activities do not always predict or drive long-term spiritual growth. They might have the greatest influence when, when people are new to the faith, when they're in, you know, kind of coming and exploring. But as a person grows, other things like prayer and Bible reading actually have more impact than just showing up somewhere, especially at events beyond the service. You know, one of the things that, that we've taken criticism on in the past is that people say, well, we don't do enough at our church. We don't have enough things going on, and, and from my point of view, there's always something going on here, and I don't even try to keep up with everything. I just can't do it. But you know, some churches try to have something every night of the week, and, and what that does sometimes, it just runs us to death, because we're also competing with family and sports and jobs and peace of mind and everything else. And so one of the reasons that we're kind of trim and slim when it comes to the services that we offer is that we believe it's important to come together on Sunday and worship together and share, but we're not going to ask you to show up here every night of the week do to do something, because we know that's going to be hard on you physically and your family and health and everything else, but also because that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to grow. We want you to have a couple opportunities a week to give, be around another Christian and study. I'll talk about that in a few moments, but we're not going to run you to death and ask you to come to all these different events. It's kind of, how, kind of our philosophy of that. <clears throat> Here's a third thing we learn, but there's a lot of apathetic non-believers who attend church on a very regular basis who are unlikely to ever accept Christ. Now, this is the hard thing for us to, to understand and to accept, to be honest, because there are people who have been coming to church a long time, some for all their life, but who are no longer exploring faith. In fact, they're stuck in their faith. There are a lot of people in the church who are just stuck. And the longer they attend church without making a commitment to Christ, the less likely they are to ever accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's kind of scary when you think about it, that there are people who come to church who don't know Jesus. It might be what Jesus said when He said that there are a lot of people who say to me, Lord, Lord, but I will say, I never knew you. Because they think they know Him, but Jesus doesn't know them because they've never given their life to Him. And that's kind of frightening to us that we understand that we have to kind of urge people that there is an urgency in accepting Christ and that we can go numb, almost like we've been immunized, immunized against it anymore, that, that that doesn't have that appeal to us. So there's a danger in just showing up and not making decisions and not moving. Here's another thing we learn: even the most loving and devoted Christians fall very short of living out the mandates of Christ. In other words, we can say we're doing certain things that we really believe, but we're really not there in our lives, that a lot of us are kind of hollow when it comes to spiritual issues, that we don't do the things that the Bible tells us. We don't serve the church or others. A lot of people come to church, have never served in any area of the church, never giving anything back in that way. And some people never invite other people to church, never think about people who may be around them inviting the church. There are a lot of us who struggle. We never pick up our Bible between Sunday to Sunday. We just never do that. We need that time. We don't think about praying unless we're at a crisis point in our life. And we've been at it a long time, and yet these disciplines in our life are just not there. A lot of us, as far as giving financially, we we don't do that. Because we're kind of, you know, we've been at it a while, but we're not growing. We're not, not making challenging or faithful decisions Here's another thing, nothing has a greater impact on spiritual growth than reflecting on Scripture. I think this is the most important thing you can do to grow spiritually, is just read your Bible. You know, there are countries that do not have access to the Bible. Most of us have Bibles laying around everywhere in our home. If we don't, they're very easy to access. We'll get you one if you don't have one. But the most important thing you can do to grow spiritually is just read your Bible, just a little bit each day. So, we want to encourage you to do that to build some disciplines in your life. And here's the last thing spiritually stalled or dissatisfied people account for 25% of church members. 25% of church members are stalled spiritually. In other words, they're not going anywhere, they're not growing. They would have to say, No, I'm no further along in uh, January of 2018 than, than I was in 2019 or six, uh, uh, 2017 or 16 or anything else. They're just not growing anywhere, and oftentimes we see this as the church's fault. You know, it's really easy to blame the church, and believe me, I'm, I'm, I know what that's like. We blame other people, but really it's our own responsibility. It's easy to leave a church or maybe to go to church less because you think, well, the church just isn't cutting it for me. We have this idea, we talked about this before, I'm not being fed, I'm not getting anything. Sometimes that's because we're not willing to take anything. We're not really to receive, and we're not giving anything as well, not giving a part of ourselves. And many people end up dropping out of church altogether because they they weren't growing, and they feel like it's somebody else's fault. In fact, I can't tell you how many people I've seen through the years who have given their life to Christ but who soon stop coming to church, and then they have no spiritual life or relationship with Jesus. I mean, that happens a lot. And maybe some of you Have experienced that? You were really involved, really engaged and gung-ho, and And then all of a sudden you kind of hit the wall and you stalled out, you got stuck, and you you decided, well, you know, church is not helping me. It doesn't work for me. And then you drop off thinking I'll be able to pick up the slack myself better, but it doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen that way at all. And unfortunately, because then they're actually further from Christ today than they were before and they are less likely to re-engage anywhere. So, anyway, maybe you're here today because you want to begin the new year in a, in a better way, in a different way, and the right way, and you want to grow in your relationship with Christ. So, for the next few weeks, we're going to be in a series that we've called The Journey, and we're going to talk about what it means to grow in your relationship with Christ. We're going to talk about some some groups. And I know nobody likes to be in a group, all right? So we're not going to stick you in a group or label you or anything, right? But, but, but it's pretty easy to, to identify some levels of faith uh, or spirituality that, that we find ourselves in. Uh, one of them is exploring Christ. One of them is growing in Christ. They're kind of uh, in this order. Growing in Christ, thirdly close to Christ, and fourthly, Christ-centered. Again, we're not going to put you in a group or anything, but we want you to think about those four levels and where you might be. Are you exploring Christ? Are you growing in Christ? Are you close to Christ? Or would you say that your life is Christ-centered? Because we really want to help you in your spiritual journey. We feel like that's what our place is to be. And I know that people come to church looking for something more than just a place to spend your time, because there are a lot of other things that, that call for our time, don't they? And I also know that maybe sometime we come to church not even knowing what we're looking for, but a lot of times people leave unsatisfied. And our goal is that when you come to church here at Journey Church, that you find something that will bring you back, not just to have you back here again, but instead that you would find something that would bring you back long enough to be touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you would hear or see something that would say, I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know what these people have. I want to know why people are excited about their faith and growing and what it is. I want you to discover that. And then, after you accept Christ, that you will find satisfaction and fulfillment in your spiritual journey. Now, let me tell you, that doesn't mean that we're going to be everything for everybody. That's impossible. It really is. In fact, we know that some people's expectations for the church are unrealistic. They really are. You know, they're way up here, and that's not realistic for anybody, to be honest. But we we understand our limitations, and we know we can't meet that. And we really don't want to focus on pleasing people. If we did, we would be all over the place. We'd be starting programs here and there and doing this and that, and we can't do all those things and do them well. So we want to focus on pleasing God and being faithful to Him, and we want to help move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. And that's kind of what this series is about for the next few weeks. Now, today I want to introduce something to you, and you should have hopefully got one of these when you came in. If you did not get one of these, will you raise your hand? No shame in that, all right? Our guys are going to pass one out. Uh, so while they're doing that, you guys must have snuck in the back door. I don't know how you got in here. No, I'm just teasing. I want you to grab one of these, and the guys are going to pass one out. Stick up your hand. A few more up front here, Rob. <coughs> <coughs> All right. What we have, um, what we kind of put together here, is a, a plan, a concept. I want to. I know you can read, so I'm not gonna, not doubting that about you. But I want to go through this with you this morning, and we're going to come back to this in the next few uh, next few weeks here as well. But we've kind of got here a spiritual growth plan that's based on our values and on based on, on the Word of God, and we want you, every one of you, to to look at this uh, brochure. You don't have to do anything with it today if you don't want, but we want you to pray about it. And, uh, and then there's a couple cards, and I'll explain those in just a moment. So, uh, what I want to do, I want to talk about uh, the, the different bullets that's in here, some commitments that we're going to ask you to consider. Now, you don't have to do all these things, obviously. <clears throat> if you do one of these things that you're not currently doing, it's going to help you in your faith. But if you want to, to have a spiritual growth plan and kind of set something out for the year, this is a great way to kind of get it on paper and in your mind to think about what your next step might be. So we're gonna, I'm going to share with you uh, six challenges here, and then we'll kind of run through them really quick in our time, and then I'll tell you what to do here in just a few moments. The first one is Sunday worship. In Acts chapter 2, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, And enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added their number daily, those who were being saved. Now, guys, we put a premium on our time on Sunday morning. I told you that we don't have a lot of services. This is the 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 main service that we have is on Sunday morning. We have two of them and they're identical. But we believe these times are important because we meet together to offer praise to God in the spirit of the first church. We gather around the Lord's table. We'll do that in just a, a few minutes, and share in communion with one another in the presence of Jesus with joy and humility, we sing songs, we've, we've done some of that already, to raise our hands and voices to worship in Him and Him alone. And we want to lead you somewhere. We want to bring you in from the mundane world and lead you up, you know, to a place where you're prepared to hear and worship God and you are worshiping God, and then we want, whenever you leave, we want you to be better equipped to fulfill Jesus' plan for your life. And so because of that, our, our goal is to get everybody to make worship a priority, now, now, one of the trends in our, our, our culture today is that people are going to church less, and I, we understand that. We know there's a lot of competition, a ton of competition. But here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you, if you don't have to miss, don't. If you can possibly be in worship, we, we want to ask you to be there, be here, basically. You know, I, I look at my calendar for the rest of my life, and Sunday morning is kind of blocked out. And you say, well, that's pretty obvious, Randy, because you're going to be there preaching, right? Uh, yes, that's true. I will give, I'll give you that. But the reality is if you make this as a priority, put it on your calendar, and, and you don't get conflicts, you'll make it a priority to be here. And that's what we'd love to have you do. So, so uh, on your card, there's a place to, uh, to check about your indication to say about your priority of, uh, of, of making worship a priority on Sunday morning. So that's, that's number one. Secondly, our journey groups or small groups. John chapter 13 says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you, so you must love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, we believe the Christian life is not designed to be lived alone. Brandon mentioned that. He said whether it's, uh, whether it's your, your finances, whether it's your uh, exercise, fitness, or whether it's faith, that, that it's easier to do this when you're in community with other people. And we believe that that the Christ-centered fellowship is viable, maybe more viable in a small group than it is on Sunday morning. Because on Sunday morning, it's easy to walk in and sit down and walk out and not connect with a lot of people. But in a group, you build relationships and build accountability and love. We come to love other people as Christ has loved us. We can become more committed followers of Christ. We grow in our daily walk with Him. We discover that there are other people who live life like we do so it 's a pretty efficient environment to learn how to make disciples who make disciples. We duplicate our groups using the example of Jesus. Jesus had a small group. He had twelve people in it, his disciples. It works pretty well, and that 's about the size of most of our, our groups today. But there are a place where people can minister and serve and care for one another, a place you can find love and encouragement and hold each other accountable in our daily walk to be more like jesus so and we want to challenge you to think about, will you commit to a journey group? And there's a place on your card that's there for you to check that. The third area of spiritual growth or discipleship. The Bible says, and Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and with man. So, you know, Jesus was born a baby. We just got through celebrating that. But Jesus grew up and he matured. He matured in physically, but he also matured in his knowledge. That Jesus didn't come pre-programmed with the, the Scripture in his, in his mind, that he learned, he studied this like everybody else did. And so we believe in the same way that we're to grow in our knowledge and understanding of Jesus' teaching, that we're not called to be in the same place, you know, just like if a child did not grow in stature or height, there would be something wrong over, over time. We know we're supposed to be growing as well in our faith. Our personal spiritual development is a journey that is best described as a marathon and not a sprint. That we don't get there quickly, it's a long, lifetime-long experience that we have. So we ought to be growing, and a part of that is daily prayer time and devotional time with God, and also thinking about what is my next step in the habit of of reading the Bible and, and spending time with God. So we're asking you, will you commit to growing spiritually on your personal journey? And there's a place on the card to indicate where you might be willing to commit to take your next step of personal growth. The fourth area is evangelism and sharing our faith. Again, Matthew 28, Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, Jesus said it was the duty of every Christian, not the minister, not church leaders, but every Christian to share their faith. That means that we are called by Jesus to be actively aware of people who might not know Him and directing them, at least inviting them to come to church with us, but, but also having spiritual conversations with people and knowing what Jesus has given to us. We understand the risk, the urgency of that. We ought to be uh, considered an importance for us to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. So there's a place on the card asking, would you be willing to commit this year to share your faith with maybe just one person. You know, if we did that with just one person, that would be like a 100% increase for some of us over the past. So, I mean, that would be amazing, just one. But what if we did two or three throughout an entire year's time? It's not that big an ask, is it? Number five is in service. John 13 said, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. And now that I, your Lord, teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Now, this comes when Jesus had just taught his his followers an example or a lesson about humility and service. He had washed their feet. Now, that's not something that we're going to do here on Sunday morning, to be honest, because I think most of us take care of that at home, right? That's not a need, but there are other needs that exists on Sunday morning and throughout the week, not only in our church family, but even beyond that. Jesus said that the way that people will know us in the world is our willingness to help other people and to serve others. And so uh, there are many opportunities that we have to serve here on Sunday morning. Some of those opportunities only take a few minutes. Our first impression team, just being out there and greeting people, greeting guests, opening doors, it's a really small thing, but it's a big thing in service. And so we're going to be asking you to do things like that. There, there's ministries with children, uh, a lot of other ministries in service that, that that happen within our church. So we want to encourage you to think about this year, where or when, would I find an area to serve in this year? Would I make a commitment to serve in, in this year? One of the things later in the year, we're going to be establishing a, a seven or eight uh, teams that cover all of our ministry areas. And we're going to be doing this It'll be later in the year as we kind of get to this. We're planning and moving that way. But we'll be asking you to take a spiritual gifts and passion survey. What has God gifted you to do? and Are you willing to serve faithfully where you've, been, uh, where you've been gifted? And then number six is generosity. Malachi chapter 3, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for it. You know, we believe that God owns everything that we have, and so we believe that it's impossible to outgive God. That it doesn't matter what we give away, God's going to replace that and, and even more. And God has blessed us so abundantly that, that we're then asked to return a small part of that. Jesus placed a priority on teaching about money, not because it was all that important, but because it's important to us. And when we understand that, we acknowledge that, and we want to be faithful in in what God has given to us. We believe that the Bible teaches, as Brandon mentioned, that tithing is kind of the place where we ought to be our goal, but we also understand that people are in different places on their journey, that that might seem to be an impossibility, and you're not ready to do that. So we want to encourage you to, to do one of two things, maybe to start giving for the first time that you've never done at all, or maybe to give generously, or maybe take a next step. And, uh, and we do offer what we call the tithe challenge, which is 90 days of tithing, just to see if it works for you. And I believe if you take that challenge, you'll discover, wow, it, it does work. God knew what he was talking about after all. But in that card, there's a place to say, will you commit to giving generously to Journey Church? So there are two cards there. No, we did not make a mistake. You didn't get double. Uh, what we're asking you to do is this. Uh, fill out both of them. On one side, you know, it has uh, several things to check. Super small print. If you're like me, you're like, I can't see that in the dark. This is dark, you know. Um, on the other side, there's a lot of information about who you are. On one of them, we're asking you to fill this card out and put it on your refrigerator or your mirror or something, somewhere you see it all the time. And the other card, we're encouraging you to turn this in. Not because we're going to knock on your door and say you said you would do this and you're not. We're not going to do that. But we're going to have this, have record of it. And mid-year, we're going to send it back to you in case you lost the one you stuck up on the fridge. uh, Just to remind you, you know, just to encourage you. That's what we're going to do with it. We're not going to show it to anybody and pass it around. We're just going to mail it back to you and say, hey, just a reminder, mid-year. So we'll keep that in mind. So that's why you got two cards. And uh, fill them out identically there. Uh, so that you'll, uh, you'll know what you see when, you, when it comes back, back mid-year, all right? Now, obviously, there are a lot, other, a lot of other spiritual challenges. I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, man we, could, man, we could talk about fasting. We could encourage people to fast one time this year. You know, we could talk about prayer. We could do all these things. But I think this is a great start for us. It really is. For some of us, you might say, check, 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 all the way down. I'm doing great. And I would encourage you just to take the next step. Maybe think about a new challenge. But for many of us, this is going to be a big challenge for us. And so I would just encourage you to pray about this. You can turn them in today. There are boxes or baskets at all the exits. But if you're not ready today, take it home and pray about it. Pray about it. Think about it. Consider what God might want you to do. I would say this. Don't make it easy on yourself. Really don't. You're, you're, you know, why do it if it's easy? Make it a challenge for yourself. And, and if you want to wait a couple weeks to do it, we're going to we're come back to this in, in this series But this is kind of the step that we're all taking, and I want to pray about it before I fill mine out. I want to think about this, because these are areas that we all need to grow in. Now, guys, we're going to wrap up, but let me just say this, that all of us need to take a step, but some of us need to take the first step. And the very first step in your journey is acknowledging that you are a sinner and that you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. If you have not taken that step, Would you please indicate on your connection card or something, I want to talk to a minister, give me a shout sometime, talk to one of our staff, one of our leaders, and say, I want to talk about a relationship with Jesus. That's the most important step that you'll ever take. Let's pray together. Lord, God, thank you for this morning. God, as we've gone through this, I pray that you'll put big dreams and big goals ahead of us. God, that we would would dream and imagine what you could do, not what we can do, but what you can do in us, Lord, and what we can do through you. So God, help us to dream big for you. God, give us a vision of growth. Help us take a challenge to say that we want to, to really be serious about our faith. It's not something we're just dabbling in or playing with. That it really is something that, that means a lot to us. And so because of that, we're going to make a, a, a big challenge to ourselves. And God, help us as we grow. Give us the grace and strength to fulfill what you lead us to do. We know you'll do that because you're faithful. God, we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.